we clap our hands for our apostle. Come on. Come on, do better than that. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Bless God for his lovely wife. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on. She reminds me so much of my wife. They take their time to get dressed. And they, and they, and they come out real fly. And they're very well spoken. So y'all bless God for her one more time. You make me miss my wife. Amen. Can y'all give God glory for my wife even though she's not here? Can you? And let's give God glory for each other. Ten years, ten and two. Come on. Is that the best you can do for each other? Hold hands. Hold hands, hold hands, hold hands, hold hands. I believe it. I do it everywhere I go. I do it in my church every Sunday. Every Sunday. I believe in speaking over your life. And when I say it, you got to go off. And if you got somebody holding your hand that's not going to go off, go ahead and look at them and tell them right now. If you don't go off, I'm going to punch you in the side. You're holding hands with the next debt-free individual. sound man turn me up come on 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 hold hands no matter how how old you are if you've already accomplished this then you send this praise up for your nieces, your nephews, your sons and daughters. You're holding hands with the next 4.0 GPA. Come on! Come on! Y'all ain't praising them like you want your kids to graduate. No more stressing over grades. No more sleepless night over algebra chemistry God's about to make it easy come on in here number three you're holding hands listen to me you may have the house but I'm talking about paid off somebody give him glory
hands. You may already be this. But if you're not. Okay. If it, and let's go back. If you are, let's just take it up to a whole nother notch. But if you're not, you better go off for real. Look at that same name and tell if you don't go off, I'm going to punch you in your side. You're holding hands with the next millionaire. That's what I'm talking about. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. People tell them that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They ain't moving. Push them out of your way. I hear it. I hear it. I hear it. Last but not least, we go off on this. It's got nothing to do with material blessings. You are holding hands with somebody that's saved, sanctified, full of the Holy Ghost. Every gift that you can imagine. Come on in here. You got power. You got power. You got power. You got power. I got it. those things that are not as what and you just spoke it so get ready for it come on shout hallelujah it is a I do that every service I believe it I don't care where I'm at I do it at home I do it every time I get up I want to read a couple of things to you before you take your seat out of John chapter 6 But can I say, your, your, your apostle is like one of the greatest prophets in the land. He's coming to our church uh, next month to do an activation at our church. And I told him, I said, you got to just walk me alongside of you because I, I, I honor what's on your life and who you are in God. He's a, he is a giant in the kingdom. And I'm almost nervous to tell you this because I honor your gift so much. I was on the plane and I thought I was asleep, but I wasn't. I saw a brown brickish building with burgundy paint. This was a stadium. It was a football stadium. And the Lord told me to tell you that whatever event that you want to plan this year, find this stadium. God's going to fill that stadium. There's a work that God's getting ready to do. That you're getting ready to partner with some schools. 
And God's getting ready to do something in all of these kids' families through your ministry. But he said the stadium will be full. Somebody give him glory in here. And if you believe it, come on, shout it one more time. Sometime after this, Jesus crossed over the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great crowd of people followed him because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Then Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down with his disciples. The Jewish Passover festival was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said, Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. When they all had had enough to eat, somebody say, had enough to eat. Had enough to eat. Mm-hmm. He said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled the 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over with those who had eaten. After people saw the sign Jesus perform, they began to say, surely this is a prophet who has come into the world. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Be seated in the name. Now I'm about to put this Carmex on my lips because I I don't like to preach with... Let my church get on me about it all the time. Will you please quit putting that stuff on your lips? What's worse, the preacher with dry lips? It's like the, it's like the worst thing in America. Okay, Y'all out there trying to say amen, but really y'all want to say, well, he put some on them gray lips of his. Okay? So here's the deal. I, I really want to wrestle with this text a little bit. I'm a teacher slash preacher, so I may be bored in the first few seconds, but just give me some time. All right. Uh, the big idea of this lesson today is really to show you how God can take pieces. Okay, He can take pieces of anything. Somebody shout pieces of anything. And not to puzzle you with those pieces, but actually uh, to bless you with the piece that you don't think is enough to get the job done. And so if you really want to locate... If you really want to locate where your next miracle is going to be, I want you to look at where you're puzzled. 
I want you to look at where you're puzzled right now. And when you look at that word puzzle, uh, that word puzzle simply means hard thinking to solve. Okay? It's hard thinking to solve. And let's not uh, misdefine that word or, or put it in the wrong category because sometimes it can be categorized as worry. Okay? See, you're, 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 when you're puzzled, the, the piece is right in front of you. The picture is right in front of you. And so when you're worried, uh, the picture is not there. The problem becomes internalized. And so you become the issue when you operate in worry. But when you're puzzled, you're mixed up. Now don't look at mixed up and say, I ain't mixed up. Mixed up and messed up are two different things. All right? Now, you can say, I ain't messed up. No, I'm not messed up. Tell somebody, say, I ain't messed up. Now, I'm not, I'm not messed up. But there's some places where all of us have been mixed up before. And when you're mixed up, when you look at a puzzle, all of the pieces are right there. And they're all in front of you. It's just what? Mixed up. And it takes time to sift through all of the stuff that's in front of you to find the piece to make everything work in life. And, and some of you are right there. And you're maybe sitting next to someone who has all of the pieces, but they discredit what they have because it's taken so long to put it together. But I came to tell you, touch somebody and tell them, you're going to have a supernatural anointing tonight. God's about to give you the solving problem. He's about, he's about to give you the ability to think through critically so that you won't get tired while you're trying to solve it. Now, he's not going to solve it for you. Because there's something you need to learn as you work through what you're dealing with. If God would do it for you, you would not be a student. You would not, you wouldn't earn your way into where you're trying to go. But when you learn how to do it, it helps you to become the greatest mentor. It helps you to be the greatest parent. It helps you to be the greatest, the greatest father, the greatest teacher. Because you understand what it's like to press through out of the mix. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when we look at those two terms, let's not, let's not bring those terms together. Let's not make those terms synonymous. But it's okay to be puzzled for a second. As long as you don't stop working on what God has you working on. Somebody shout hallelujah. It is not the will of God for you to operate in worry. Worry is a violator. Worry wants to violate your space. And if worry can violate your space, then it can violate you while you're waiting on certain things to manifest. It'll make you feel like you hate God because you don't like the space that you're in. Wish I had a witness in here tonight. There has to be more than one of two because I can see some of you nodding your head. But some some of you in here tonight cannot stand your space but God sent me to tell you he's about to sweep your space clean have I got a praiser in here now reach back and touch somebody and tell them God's about to sweep it God's about to sweep it if they won't praise God with you push them away and find somebody else and tell that neighbor God's about to sweep your space Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, so worry is a violator. And it violates you while you wait on God. It manipulates your mind while you're trying to trust God. 
and it messes you up. Some of you now don't have good social skills because of how much pain you went through in a space. The space created a brand new you. Yeah. But I came in here tonight to tell you that we're going to move from where we're going to move back into this puzzling or into this pondering because God needs you to strategically make moves in 2020. We're not waiting on God. No. God's waiting on you to go through all of the pieces and start putting things together because there's something God's getting ready. And what's crazy about it is that when you do a puzzle from in kindergarten, the picture is right in front of you. Tell somebody, stop crying and look at what God has already revealed to you. He's already showed you where you're going. He just needs you to strategically. See, in the opening of our text, the Bible says that Jesus... It's coming around the mountain, across the seashore. And he's headed up the mountain to spend some time with the disciples. Word has gotten out about Jesus. He's not rich. He wasn't born from a wealthy family. He didn't have a doctorate. He wasn't a big time rabbi. But he had something that all of those people didn't have. Lay your hands on body and tell him he had power. And so, and so everywhere Jesus went, people would experience, come here, power. And every time he would walk somewhere, power would touch somebody. Come on, sister. Power would touch somebody. I ain't going to hurt you. I'm all right. Every time he'd walk somewhere, Yeah. Every time he touched somewhere, come on, mama. Every time he touched somewhere, you don't want to touch my hand. Come on up here. Pow. Yeah. Every time he moved, power. 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 Come on here, you're moving too slow. Pow. Every time God would go somewhere. Somebody shout power. Power is influential. God would go places. He would touch people. People would be healed. People would be touched. People would be delivered. People would be set free. Everywhere he went, touch somebody say power. Every time Jesus began to go further and further, power. Every time he would go somewhere, power. Oh, y'all ain't, y'all ain't, y'all ain't helping me in here. Power. I'm trying to figure out how is it that you can have all the Holy Ghost you got and ain't nobody walking with you. Do you really have power? 
your power ought to be contagious every time you go somewhere your power ought to be pulling people out of poverty out of bad mindsets every time you go somewhere you ought to have power ask somebody how did you know me because of power come on 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 this is what happened that as Jesus began to move y'all just keep on going every time Jesus would move people would see the influence of power and that's what's happening here in San Bernardino people are seeing the influence of power Paul said I did not come with enticing words but I came with the demonstration of Oh, have I got a witness in here? Lay your hands on two people and tell them I got power. Come on, open your mouth and shout hallelujah. Turn the water into wine. He met with Nicodemus at night. Talked to Nicodemus about how to be born again. He met with a woman at the well and they were at the well and she was trying to give him water and he told if you knew who you were talking to you would be asking me for water and then that same woman went back into a city and said come see a man who prophesied to me everything that I am and that same woman brought back men and women that became an influence of God's power have I got a witness in here if you want to see things change in your life quit telling people a piece of your mind and give them a piece of your power He had healed the man at the pool that had been there for years. He said, I got nobody to push me in. After all of this had taken place, your Savior, who was born as a carpenter, is coming up the mountain, tired from laying hands. His power has left an impact. He gets up in the mountain. And the other gospels show you that there was some time between what is happening. And he actually sat, talk with the disciples. Began to train them. And then the Bible says he looked up. And he looked up and he noticed a trail. The trail was a group of people that were coming, that had discovered where Jesus was hiding. They were coming. They were coming. They were coming. Not 200. 5,000 men. Not including women and children. So it's doing injustice for you to see me walk in pace because that means you could hear. I gotta get to Jesus. I saw what he did with the woman. I saw what he did with the man that was at the pool. need something from Jesus. I, I want my body healed. I, 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 
some of you just come up in here to sing tonight but somebody came because they needed God to touch their body Jesus looked over Philip and he says Philip where are we going to buy some bread at? <laughs> Jesus is a trip. Like what stores y'all have in San Bernardino? Stanley Brothers? They don't laugh at me now. <laughs> so whatever y'all said, Stater Brothers or whatever it was. Hey man, is Stater Brothers open? Watch what happens. Listen to me. Philip is occupied so much that he never answers the question. He says, we don't have enough bread. To pay for all of these people. See, if you're not careful, you will function from a spirit of limitation. And how you conduct your meetings in your boardroom and how you conduct your meetings in your office from a place of limitation will limit where your future is going to be. You don't have to go into this year with a pessimistic mindset. We need people that are not thinking about limitations, about not about what we can't do. We need people that are thinking about what we can do. Somebody shout hallelujah. He, 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 he's, so, he's so preoccupied with what we can't do that he never answers the question. He says, we, we, we don't have enough. We, 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 we don't have enough. Well, well, you've already prophesied your future. We don't have enough. Quit saying it. Touching them. Quit saying it. Quit saying it. Quit saying it. We don't have enough. We don't have enough. We don't have enough to get this project off the ground. We don't have enough. Well, we will never have enough as long as you keep prophesying it. He says, he says we, don't, we, we don't have enough. What Philip didn't hear is what you read. You read that Jesus knew exactly what he was going to do. But he did that to stretch his faith. Some of your faith needs to stretch beyond where you've been all these years. And your faith cannot stretch unless you have something to believe God for. Unless, if, if you don't have anything to believe God for, then you're living off a stale faith. And you can't store faith. I wish I had a witness here. You can't have faith from when you had your headache and put it in the freezer and say, I'm going to use this faith for next year. No, 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 no. Faith was meant to be used. Have I got a witness here? Touch somebody and tell them, use it, use it, use it, use it, use it. You can only function faith-wise from the word that's already dwelling in you. 
So if you have no word, you have no faith. Faith come by hearing and hearing by. So anytime there's no word, I promise you there's no faith. You've got to get to the point to where you have committed yourself to the word. In so much that your environment, if they can't stand you because you're in the word, you need to sweep your own environment. Because everything around me is going to be word-based. My friends better know the word. My children going to be taught the word. If you're going to come around me, it's got to be word-based. Faith come by hearing. So we can tell that being next to the man of God ain't enough. I don't get faith by walking by him. Pastor, I'm going to walk with you through the thick and the thin. Well, we'll see when it gets thin. You don't have the faith to walk with me when it gets thin. Oh, I ain't got nobody in here. I must be slapping somebody upside the face right now. You ain't got no faith when it gets thin. You ought to be saying something. Oh, have I got a praise in here right now? When it gets thin, that's when your faith operates the most. You don't say we don't have the money. You automatically say the money's already here. Pastor God's already made a way. And when pastor said, well, what did he do? Come on, pastor, let's go on a three-day fast. We're going to consecrate God, going to reveal this thing to us because God said it belongs to us and he's not going to put something in front of us that we cannot possess. But you got to do it by what? By faith. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. I didn't even give you the topic of the lesson tonight. Touch somebody and say, they're coming, they're coming, they're coming. They're coming, 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 they're coming. They coming. They coming. They coming. They coming. God told me to come in tonight and tell you. Tell him they are coming. There are a group of people that have been attracted to your signs. That have been attracted to your wonders. And God said, don't you stop now. You may be puzzled about a few things. But you and your wife and your team, work it out. Go through the puzzle and work it out. Because he said... Tell somebody they're coming. You spent all this time working on this building, but they're still coming. They're coming in here sitting on top of each other. God said, get ready, 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 get ready. I want you to find three people and tell them they're coming. They're coming. They're coming. coming they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming they're coming he said he said they're coming i need you to learn how to work when your faith is stretched he said, you gotta learn how to work when your faith is stretched this is not the time for you to go into worry because you feel like you're stretched to your capacity. God said they're coming. 
They're coming. They're coming. And I don't need you to focus pessimistically on your peace. This is all I got. This is the perfect opportunity for you to find out how creative you are. I feel like I'm talking to at least half the people in this house right now. That your ingenuity, your innovation, your creativity is about to spawn from limitation. You feel limited. God says, I'm going to show you how to do what you have five or six different ways. He says, I want you to learn how to operate while you're feeling stretch. And then the second thing he says, I got to move quickly. The second thing he says, now you've got to work in faith. Now, some of you are great at working from gift. God gave you a gift. You've got this gift. Gifting callings come without repentance. You can work these gifts like the back of your head. You can do it in the middle of the night. But there's some places where it feels like you're outside of your gift. God says, I need you to work right there. I need you to learn how to work when you feel so small. I hope I'm teaching all right. If that's okay, apostle. I, I need you to learn how to work when you feel like I'm nothing compared to them and, 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 and I haven't done enough to even be considered to be here. God said, I sent the invitation to you because you're in a season of being stretched and I need you to learn how to work. So what happens? What happens? Hope what happens? What happens? There's another guy that's in the text that notices a little boy. I know you're not a little boy, but I'm going to call you because you're in my way. He got power, yes. Now listen to me. And, we, and I, love, I love using people in my teachings. I hope y'all okay with that. So, so, so. Don't think it's strange when what you need comes from a place that you didn't expect. Andrew's brother, Andrew, Simon's brother says, this guy here has a few pieces. So what he opens up with in the beginning is really good. He brings solution. But once he realizes what he has, he falls into what some of us fall in. He looks and he says, he's got some food. But then once he notices what it is, then he says he falls back down into a place of we don't have enough. Excited because you think something's getting ready to happen. And then once you see what you're working with, you fall back where you are. I thought we had it, but I thought we had, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought. Yeah. 
So he says, this boy has got it. He's got it. He's got it. He's got it. Two fish. Two fish. You know, when you open up the bag, you think it's a 10-piece fish. You know? you, I don't know if y'all like me, but when I'm real hungry, I'll be like, Lord, have mercy. And then once you realize it's the wrong order, Lord, Jesus, I should go back, but I'm going to eat what I got. neighbor and tell him whatever it is give it to Jesus he takes it he takes it he takes it thank you he takes it he takes it watch it now here's what here's where the blessing comes he takes it he gives it to Jesus the disciples have an assignment simultaneously while Jesus has an assignment Now, here's the assignment. God, Jesus, is working on the miracle. The men are tasked with working on the people at the same time. Sometimes we get it twisted. And that's why you got a headache, because you're working on the miracle. It ain't your job to work on the miracle. Your job is to work on the pieces. Put the puzzle together. Put the puzzle together. Let God work on the miracle. So while, so, so, while, so, while, so while God is working on the miracle, he grabs a few brothers. Come on, brother. Come on, come on, come on back. Come on, come on back, brother. Come on, brother. Give me another brother. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. Come on, brother. I want you to go over there. Go over there. Way over there. You go. You go on this side. Right here. Stay right there. You go right here. You go there. While Jesus is up here working on the miracle, he told them, put them in groups of 50. So I don't know if you get it. Y'all count out like one, two, three. No, no, count out loud. Nine, 10, 11, 12, 21, 22, 22, 22, 22, 22, 22, 22. Stop. 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 Count it out loud. It counted fast. Count. Uh-uh. You ain't counting out loud. I'm about to fire you. You got to count out loud. One. Stop. Now we're laughing, but I want you to go to the desert in your mind. 5,000 men, not including the women and children. So you got to look at the work that it takes. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. Be quiet. I know you're hungry. 5, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21. 22. I know your feet are hurting because you walked all this way. 15, 16, 17. Jesus told me to put you in order. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Sit down. Quit. 
quit getting up and moving to the other group. 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 19, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. We're looking at about 15,000 people. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. Anybody got some water? My mouth is dry. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Do you know how long it took? Do you know how long it took? Some of you are quitting because you're still counting. I'm tired of doing this over and over. God said, keep on counting. Keep on counting. I'm trying to work on your miracle. You can't afford to get tired. So if you can imagine, disciples, y'all come up on stage with me. So if you can imagine, when they get to Jesus, how you think they feel? They have walked through the desert. Listening to people complain. They're outnumbered 12 to 15,000 with no microphone, no stanchions, no security guards, nothing. So they had to count loud and they had to be aggressive. Move here. Sit here. That's all I'm trying to tell you. That as you go into your next season, you can't afford to be passive and silent. You got to say what you mean. Mean what you say. Be aggressive about what God. All this counting you've been doing all these years. You better get yourself in a. You ain't got time to get tired. So he, says, he, says, he says count them up. Put them in groups of 50. And he says sit them down. Y'all sit down. Jesus is so so calm. Sit him down. He's so gangster with it. Sit him down. Jesus says, hand me the bread. Jesus takes the bread. Mark says that he breaks it. Can we talk about that for a second? You will never be what you want to be until you've been broken. You will never go where you want to go until you've been broken. You will feel the effects of God 
breaking your character breaking your mindset so you won't be who you were because if who you were walks into the future you will destroy everything every inheritance that God says belong to you lift up your hands and say Lord break me break me break me break me break me said he broke it sound man get me right broke it blessed it here's what I love about it he told God thank you let's try lift up your hands and say God thank you God thank you now 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 y'all almost got it but you didn't he knew is what the text said in the beginning what he was going to do so when he gave God thanks he gave him thanks for what was already there He already knew what he was going to do. See, y'all ain't here with me right now. See, he already knew what he was going to do. This is how you can give God glory with no money. This is how you can give God glory with flat tires. This is how you can give God glory when your bills are being due. Because you already know what he's going to So he didn't have a problem looking at what he had and said, Lord. I want you to look in your mind and wherever you feel like you don't have enough. And I want you to go right to that spot. And I want you to lift your hands and say, God, I thank you. Come on, tell him, God, I thank you. Come on, tell him, God, I thank you. Tell him again, God, I thank you. I don't have what I want to have but God I thank you I don't have the car that I want to have but God I thank you come on and lift that sanctified hand and say Lord Lord I thank you I don't have what I want to have but Lord Lord I said Lord I thank you Go find you a neighbor that will give God glory. And if that neighbor won't praise him where they are right now, don't touch that neighbor. Because when you get your money, everybody coming. When you get your house, everybody coming. But tell that neighbor, if you can't praise God with me, when I ain't making what I want to make, when I'm not driving what I want to drive, then get away from me. Have I got a witness here? Shake that neighbor like you got something in your hand. Y'all ain't shaking nobody. You gotta shake them. You gotta shake them and tell that neighbor, God, been good to me. May not have what I want, but God been good to me. Oh Lord, oh Lord, He made a way out of nowhere. 
sound man turn me up have I got a witness here find your one more neighbor that's on their feet now and get out of your chair and walk to their neighbor and tell that sanctified neighbor I said get up out of your chair and find somebody that will praise God and look them in the face and say as of right now I may not make what I want to make I may not live what I want to live but God he's getting ready to pull me out where I want to be oh Lord oh Lord oh Lord oh Lord oh Lord, oh Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. 